In a world gone mad, only rationality and common sense can save it. It's Andrew and Jerry Save the World with your hosts, Andrew Langer and Jerry Rogers. And now, here's Andrew and Jerry. Well, hey there, everybody. Welcome to another episode of Andrew and Jerry Save the World, episode 49, Andrew and Jerry Save Privilege. I am Andrew Langer. Uh, Jerry Rogers and I uh, we're, we're recording this we're, we're we decided to title this Andrew and Jerry save privilege not that we necessarily believe that there's this issue of privilege uh, but really to talk about the, the the issue is that the privilege and the discussion of privilege ties all of the issues we're going to be discussing together everybody is so everybody the left and the leftist media is so focused on privilege that it ties so many of these different stories together. We're going to talk about uh, uh, this horrific beating in uh, killing in Memphis, Tennessee. We're going to be talking about this victory yesterday in this uh, uh, pro-life case uh, up in Philadelphia. Uh, in fact, you know, Jerry, the other thing we could be talking about is abuse of power. Not that we want to and, save abuse of power, know, but uh, you know, it is abuse yeah. of power, censorship, free speech, you know, Yesterday, I was sitting with uh, my family having dinner, and my daughter, Madeline, 16, uh, said something like, oh, that teacher, she's such a Karen. And I said to her, I said, you know, I said, I don't want to get too serious on this topic, but the term Karen really is uh, this weaponized word or phrase now you could argue it's a racial slur and she was shocked by this and i said well i said you define karen and she said well uh it's to uh it's to put in their place wealthy privileged uh mostly white women right and i and i said that's interesting because i'm the father of four white women uh, and 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 I have a wife and I have a mother and two sisters. And and I said, sweetheart, I said, do you consider yourself privileged? And she said, yes. Mm. And I said, interesting. I said, how are you privileged? And she said, listen, well, you and mommy are married. She said, I have I have you at home. A lot of people don't have fathers at home. She said, I go to private school. And she went on to say all these different things. And I and I said I said I want to I want to recast this. I said, sweetheart. I said your grandfather uh, was orphaned and spent uh, his entire childhood in an infamous uh, orphanage in New York uh, that had to be closed down over abuse issues. I said his Christmases uh, were uh, going into a freezing yard, and the prisoner of war camp literally there was a german prisoner yeah. of war camp across the alley and the german prison soldiers would throw these little kids candy i said when he finally got out of the orphanage at age 13 an orphanage by the way that he uh, tried to escape from s- several times sure uh he uh, he went home to live in the bronx and his father told him at age 13 you could live here but you have to pay rent you got to wow. pay for your bed so he dropped out of seventh grade. So I said, so your grandfather doesn't have uh, an education. He's orphaned. I said, then then he marries and he struggles. 
and I said, sweetheart, that's your story. And then even even with your mom and I, I said, do you think it's easy for us uh, to put five children in private school? Or do you see us work hard, sacrifice? Uh, when was the last time I purchased anything for myself? What kind of cars do we drive? I mean, there are myriad things that all your friends have, vacation homes or third cars, but, but et cetera. Also, I, I, but Jerry, but that's just it, right? I mean, here's here's where we are. This is the insidious nature of of this language, this rhetoric, right. and the sort of the reinvention, the attempt to sort of reinvent American society. And it's something you and I have talked about before in this issue of the elites versus the the the, the every everyday people, the elite class work uh, versus, versus the working, the working class. class. But the but the point is, is that in the same way that we have redefined racism to mean something other than bigotry as a way of setting people, we've redefined privilege, and we and we've well, redefined. Find sacrifice but, but that but that's just it right so now we are we are told that if you have two parents that what they're trying to do is they're trying to place it's it's place shame and there's a better adjective for what well, they're, well, they're trying to do is is they're trying to legitimize dysfunction yeah uh, they're trying yes. to they're tr they're trying to uh, make us all victims and 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 i told well, you anyways the bottom line well no, no no what they're what they're what you know what they're trying to do is they're trying to they're i don't i think yes they're trying to make people victims but what they're trying to do is they're trying to shame the folks who have made the choices that are the sort who have of sacrificed. The, the, well, the sacrifice is, is part of it, right? But it's not a sacrifice to you to remain married to your wife. Of course it is. And no, so, I, I even so, told it. No, no, that's not true, yeah. Andrew. Yeah. I, you know, the, the easy thing to do is to go from relationship to relationship. Uh, the easy thing to do is I was, if the I'm Roman... sorry, Jerry. I was trying to be the romantic in terms of. You oh know, no, no, it's very no. Easy but for I, you I, to stay married to Eric. It's no, but look, I we love our wives, yes. but but it it is foolishness uh, and it's untrue to suggest. That I'll, I'll be married sure. thirty years this no, weekend. I agree uh, with that. Yes, that's that's hard work. That's choice. My wife and right. I choose to stay together. Well, you there know, are there are many people who choose you know uh, their own happiness and their own fulfillment. You say that because this is something that Janice and I have discussed quite a bit in the context of her twenty five year military career. Um, you know where where we made certain choices in terms of where we lived and how we lived, and 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 certainly it 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 impacted both of our careers you know, moving forward. Um, we have a, a really interesting, we, we have a, an acquaintance. I want to be very oblique about this. Um, someone we know who has never been married and who uh, jets off to lots of different places uh, is constantly, constantly traveling. And we were sort of, uh, frankly, being a little envious of this. And, and I, I pointed out, yes, but this person has no kids. This person has never been married. Um, and I think this person would probably give it all up uh, in order to have a a, 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 a spouse and 2.3 kids or give a lot of it up in order to, in order to have those things. But so I, I, I see exactly what you're saying here. I, I guess my point in all of this is the, you know, one of the things the left always wanted to do, Jerry, was to destroy the nuclear family, right? It's it, it, to me, of and course. Again, we could talk about the conspiracy theories. I'm, listen, thank you, by the way, my friend, after, Last week's show in which we were at Contretemps with each other for quite a long time. It's been a long time sort of debating something. I'm not going to talk about Mike Pence. It's all right. That's fine. I don't know who that is. <laughs> um, but but my point is, okay, actually, we should talk about Mike Pence, but in a very different context in a second. <laughs> okay. My, 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 point, my point is this, is, is that I'm so glad you centered it on this part of the conversation. 
um, because it is it is a vital thing to to talk about this this reinvention. And, and it was my point of, of bringing this up. You and I spent a lot of time talking about what, frankly, what the great anti-American movements wanted to do. You know, sure. Nikita Khrushchev famously said he did not say we will bury you. Nikita Khrushchev said we will be at your funeral. Because what the great socialist movements, the Comintern, the Soviet Union, what they wanted to do was use the instruments of Western civilization and Western democratic civilization against itself to tear at the thread. And and so, you know, in the same way that we have seen, we, we had almost solved America's race problem in the 1980s. I stand by that. I, we were at a we were at a moment in America where we had come together as a people after an unspeakable act of horror had been done to a a truly great, not just American, but a truly great historic figure, the Reverend Dr. Martin Luther King Jr. America finally, it was a wake-up call that America needed to finally come together. And we had a a rebirth in terms, I believe, in terms of racial relations in America. And the folks who make huge scads of money on this, well, they couldn't have that. So we started with diversity. And then we started with institutional racism and then we started in with now white privilege go ahead it's interesting the um you, and, and you're 100 correct uh and i want to add something to this by the way let me let me let me take uh, two steps backward uh, to make uh, uh one step backward to take two steps forward uh and we shouldn't have to do this but we'll do it anyway uh, america does have a history of jim crow of institutional right. uh, of racism and uh however we also have a history of of moving away from that and advancing liberty again no culture no country no people group uh in human history has advanced liberty in the way that the, the united states has that being said uh you're right uh in the in the uh, in late 70s 80s into the 90s there really was this moment where we looked like we were heading toward uh again yeah. there's never there's never a utopia but we were moving toward post-race america however uh, it was Barack Obama who, who again, taking the cue uh, from the uh, from the identity politics crowd, uh, from the uh, race theory, uh, queer theory, gender theory crowd. They were all fringe movements at academia. Derek right. Bell, the, the father of critical race theory, uh, was a Harvard professor uh, in the 1960s and 70s, uh, and he's the father of critical race theory. Uh, it was a fringe movement, and the rest of culture could just not pay attention to it because, ah, it's these crazies at the universities. The problem is Barack Obama mainstreamed, uh, mainstreamed it, and it was during the Obama years where this idea that uh, police, police departments and policing w- was marked by institutional racism. That's when you started seeing this, right. uh, this false narrative. And of uh, and of course, all the th- all the gender, race, and queer theory moved away from academia into corporations, into ac- in, into public schools, into Hollywood, into the mainstream you know, culture. It's interesting you say that, and I want to come back to to this because I want to talk about abuse of power. In fact, if I had a, a pad with me like you always do, Jerry, I would write down, uh, I would write, I would write down abuse of power because this is what it always comes. I'll write about. it down for you. All right. But you, you you raise an interesting point. I want to point to something else in academia, something that I hadn't heard of until, again, during the Barack Obama presidency, 
um, when when there were a, a number of surveys have been done, good surveys about what the Tea Party movement believed. Now, right, remember the Tea Party movement was began before Barack Obama became president, but once Obama began to in, you know institute what Barack Obama wanted to do, the Tea Party movement was really born. Um, but there was a there was a um, a a tool that was proffered to examine what the conservatives believed, um, you know, things like uh, individualism, uh, like meritocracy, uh, like the idea that if you work hard, you can succeed in America. Like, um, free, like free speech. Well, free speech isn't, I, I think free speech may be part of this, but the, the point is, is that political scientists use a, a, a tool called the racial resentment index. And guess what? Everything that is sort of central to conservative political thought or economic thought is tied up in the racial resentment index. So right. the more strongly you feel about individualism, the more strongly you feel about meritocracy, the more racial resentment you have when it has absolutely nothing to do with race. And in point of fact, again, going back to the definition redefining of, of terms history, and the and the and what what Martin Luther King had said, which is we want to judge people by the content of their character and not the color of their skin judge people by their deeds, not the way they look, this turns it all on its head. And, right. and, and, and so, and so it's, again, it's very Orwellian in nature. If you ascribe X to belief Y, well, then of course, now down the road, anybody who went to college and took a political science class in which they were told that individualism and meritocracy were part of racial resentment. Well, then they're going to, when they get out into the real world, they're going to start to either teach that to their kids if they're teachers or they're going to try to inculcate it into corporate culture and there was something greatly lost now i'm going to come back to this jerry there was something greatly there was a, again a moment a number of different moments during the uh, obama administration in which people were people found themselves the victims of abuse and abuse of power of a variety of different races and ethnic backgrounds and yet Barack Obama choose to, chose to focus on the racial aspects of it instead of using it. And I said this on the air then, I'm going to say it on the air now, as an opportunity to say that everybody and anybody can face abuse of power. Anybody can. Now, yes, there are circumstances in which young black men are victims of this. But guess what? There are circumstances in which the Karens of the world, and I don't use that term, and I, I'm reminded, Jerry, remember that the case of that nurse in Utah? I mean, you could not find a more white woman. She was a nurse who was doing her job, and she was harassed and bullied, and I want to say manhandled by a local police officer in Utah. And it was a an horrific yeah. uh, a situation. Well, anyway, go ahead, Jerry. You're right. And and again, even as we think about Tyree Nichols and his uh, his uh, being beat to death by uh, five former Memphis police officers, um, we should have a conversation in, 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 in this country about policing, policing standards um, and the abuse of power. Uh, the abuse of power, the abuse of government power is real. Right. And, and but however, again, there are so many contradictions and hypocrisies here. For instance, uh, in many instances, when the police are engaging, it's because the politicians have told them, have commanded, mandated for them to do so. Uh, I think of Eric Garner. Right. Uh, that's uh, he was told by politicians. Uh, I'm sorry. 
police were told by politicians uh, to go and arrest him. Uh, I think of even the Freddie Gray incident in um, in Baltimore City. It was the former state's attorney, Marilyn Mosby, who said, go to that corner, clear that corner. There are myriad instances where it's the political class that forces these engagements between citizens and police. Now, that being said, uh, since George Floyd, the riots of the, uh, of the summer of 2020, uh, 30 states, Andrew, have passed more than 140 pieces of legislation uh, that has uh, put restrictions on police and policing right. and rules of engagement and use of force. And because of this uh, hands off policing, uh, we've seen a, uh, a, a exit, uh, can't find the doors quick enough uh, from police forces uh, right. from Baltimore to New York around the country. There is a shortage of police, even as we're having a homicide surge across the country these last three years. The problem is, is that the politicians have created a circumstance where police can't do their job. Think of Ty- and, I, and I'll, I'll connect it here. Think of Tyree. Uh, Nichols, this in this this instance, number one, these officers, at least two of them we know of, were hired after Memphis police were forced to lower the standards right. because uh, they have nineteen hundred police officers, but they need they need twenty five hundred, and so there there is a, a there's a there's a police shortage, so they lower the standards. For a second, if you watch those videos, uh, uh, Tyreek Nichols is being beat with a baton and he's being tasered. Well, that's because in in Tennessee and and, and myriad other states, uh, they have made it illegal for police to put their their hands on someone, yeah. which has increased mm. the use of batons and wow. other tools. My point is, is that even in this tragedy, and these five officers, they deserve uh, the blame. But there are ind- indirect causes to this from the political class that no one's talking about. Let me let me add to this and let me uh, let me uh, 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 statisticalize. I know that's not a word. Let me <laughs> let me let me let it's me like Jerry you, word. Let me give you some f- f- some some other numbers here to add to this. So for every fifty police officers that a police department is short, fifty. That's a hundred thousand hours of annual police work wow. that has to be done by somebody else. Right. I mean, th- and that's just math. Right. A, 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 a if someone works a, a full time equivalent person works about two thousand hours a year, 50 people is one hundred thousand hours of work that needs to be done with somebody else. And so when you're down, how many did you say they're down in Memphis? I'm not going to do math on the uh, air. But... Uh, they have 19, they need 25. So around 600 officers. Around 600. So that's, uh, I want to say it's about 1.2 million police hours that have to be done by the existing police force, right? I mean, yeah. otherwise it doesn't get done. But the point is, when you strain police departments to the point of collapse, when right. you have the remaining police officers and you're lowering you know, standards and you're lowering standards and right? you're taking and you're taking tools out of the tool belt. Yes. All of these things lead to it only leads to I'm sorry. It right. only can lead to disastrous results. Now, the problem is going back, circling back to the, the topic of, of, the, of today's program. And that is. But however, instead of having a conversation about policing price right. standards, instead, we're having a conversation about. Uh, institutional racism and privilege, right? Uh, Again, Van Jones on CNN said about this beating, this murder, he said 
uh, that even though it was five black officers, it still represents sure. privilege and institutional racism. We had a member, members of Congress are saying that even though it's five black officers, this is an example of white privilege. And so we're having we're having this insane conversation over privilege over institutional racism rather than the real causes here as to why this happened. And frankly, it's going to happen again until right. we have an honest dis discourse on you know, it. It reminds me of something that happened years ago. And I use this as a good illustration of, 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 of public policy and, and the problem, you know, the intersection of public policy and politics years ago uh, at the, the beginning part, or maybe we were even in the middle of the, the 2007, 2008, 2009 recession, right? That, that, that time frame. I went to Annapolis to testify about something. And, and it was a, there was a bill that was being offered that was going to give a tax credit, a very paltry tax credit uh, to businesses uh, if they hired new people. And you had, again, it's Maryland. So you have every progressive out there. I want to use a phrase here. I'm going to use it, and I apologize to you, Geraldine, for <laughs> spouting off the happy horse shit that the left always spouts at these hearings, where they're just incredibly sycophantic yeah. to the leftist progressives. And and yes, I know that they weren't as progressive then as they are now, but that's just degrees of difference here. And finally, I get up and I testify, and I and I said to the the member of the House of Delegates who was sponsoring the bill, I said, "This is going to do nothing. This is going to do nothing to solve the problem that you want to solve." And this member of the House of Delegates said to me, and I wish I knew who it was. It was probably, you know, I was going to say it's probably the the governor, but it's not. And I know it's not Bill Ferguson, but it, I wish it was. Um, I don't know where this point is. Bill Ferguson, for our listeners, Bill Ferguson is the president of the uh, Baltimore Senate. Yeah, Maryland State Senate, yes. Maryland State Senate, yes. Yeah. So this person then says, this elected official says, well, it can't hurt, can it? And I said, well, actually, delegate, it absolutely can. And he said, well, explain to me. I said, well, because you are purporting to solve a problem by offering something that, that will not solve that problem. And people are left with the impression that the problem is being solved when the right. problem is only going to get worse. And this is, this is, this is, and I'm sorry, I know it was a very long way to go for this, but this is where we are, where we are in an environment where people just sort of offer up this happy Look, horseshit I, I'll, I'll give and, you, and the I'll problem give you, is only going to get worse. I'm sorry, go I'll ahead. Give you, I'll give you an example of this week and it's very frustrating because I'm, you know, I'm, 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 I'm doing my Sunday show at WBAL and I've been filling in uh, doing afternoons uh, this week and next week. And, and uh, the, the big issue, and I find this to be ridiculous. The big issue is that Ivan Bates, the new uh, the new uh, state's attorney, has no, asked for. He's a master at what he does, Jerry. <laughs> Stop it. Anyway, so Ivan Bates, um, I told him you lose your has train asked, of He has asked for legislation <laughs> that will increase the um, the penalty for uh, for having a uh, illegal firearm uh, from three years to five years. Yes. it's still a, it's still a misdemeanor, and the way the law works is that. Uh, if, if it's three years or five years, uh, you cannot serve. I, I think the maximum you can serve of that sentence is 25%. And so therefore, really, um, you could carry, you could be caught with an illegal gun in, in Baltimore City, and really there's there's no penalty for it. Right. And so he's asking for this minuscule, this ridiculously low bar, hanging, you know, easy, low-hanging fruit. Please make it from three to five. So instead of getting 
set free with uh, with no jail time, maybe they'll have to serve uh, several months in, uh, in a in a deterrent. And and even then, he says, but there's uh, there's still probation before judgment. We can expunge your records. And so, in other words. They're, the the political class is doing its best to say we want we want to solve the gun problem the illegal gun problem and here's a bill to do it but even as they're saying it and promoting the bill they're saying well it's still not that bad right. it's still a misdemeanor and, uh, and you can still and and, and, and again could, listen, to your point make, and I could make I could make the case that uh, that is so that you know Maryland the Maryland legislature would do this and I'm sure Westmore would sign it. So long as the bill only applied to the eastern shore counties in western Maryland. Well, and again, only, yeah, yeah, and, and just how ridiculous it is. And, and at the same time, uh, this past week, we've had youth murders in Baltimore right. City. It's not just Baltimore City. It's Chicago, Philadelphia, Manhattan. It's all over the place. But the fact of the matter is, is that, see, the left doesn't want to solve the problem. The progressives don't want to solve the problem because they'd rather have the victimology uh, and the and the false narrative of institutional racism. Again, uh, Brandon Scott, but uh, mayor of Baltimore City, but mayors uh, across the country, uh, progressives are saying that it's the gun manufacturers' fault right. that they're profiting. They're profiting off of off of murder. And again, uh, no one asks them for well, how does a legitimate business profit? Uh, from their 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 items being stolen and used in a way that that brings a, a, a defamation against the industry. It makes right. no sense, but it, it's to your point. Uh, and that is 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 that they 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 we're redefining terms. We're not solving problems uh, and 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 they want the issue of privilege. We're not going to talk about policing, but rather we're going to talk about institutional racism vis-a-vis, uh, Ty, uh, Ty, uh, well, Tyree Nichols to to quote to quote the late great Jim Morrison. It's a shortcut to thinking, right? You sort of sure. you, you pull this in, or it is, or, to... or it's brilliant thinking on their part. Well, no, no, no. Okay, time out for a second. I'm sorry. Let me let me be really clear about this. Yeah, the folks who proffer this, they were deviously brilliant or brilliantly. Oh my goodness, yes. Because what they've done is they've, and this gets into the tinfoil hat conspiracy theory. They are achieving what the folks who want to destroy America wanted well, to achieve. Listen. But at this, but my point about yeah. about the the shortcut to thinking is the folks who would normally and should be critical of this and standing firm against this, they are not being critical of it and allowing the folks who are part of the kleptocracy who basically want to fleece corporate America in 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 whether it's you know suing them or suing them into a negotiation or getting them you know sort of or or, or they capitulate i mean i, yes, I just, said this on the air yesterday to get every yes. single major corporate entity in in this country now has a diversity equity and inclusion right officer. exactly uh, if you look at newspapers Which, by the way <laughs> sorry go ahead I'll, i want to if say you look at new if you look at newspapers you have dei editors but right. here but here's but let me let me just say this and bring it back to my daughter where i started this okay so hold so on, she, hold on, she hold on hold on before you before you say that and, and I talk about this your daughter I stick a pin because I want you to come back to this when I talk about the Soviet underpinnings of this every enterprise every military entity every corporate you know entity they had their union representatives but every entity had something called a zampolit a political officer who would speak for the party on matters and decision-making. And that's what a DEI person is. Of course. They are the Zampolit in this, in these corporate structures. I mean, yeah. again, you know, 
To, yeah, it's insidious. Khrushchev was, Khrushchev was right. Yeah. They're going to be here at our funeral. Go ahead, Jerry. And, I'm and, sorry. And, and, your and daughter. Hap- and Circle it, back to your daughter. Let me go back to my daughter, but also just for our listeners, because we like to offer resources as well. Uh, there is a brilliant uh, scholar researcher at the Manhattan Institute, Christopher Rufo. Yes. Uh, and he has done, in only the last couple of years, uh, he has done incredible research showing how how critical theory, race theory, gender theory, queer theory, how it ha- how it has uh, how it has uh, taken over school curricula, how it has taken over corporate boardrooms, how it's taking over the military. I mean, this idea this idea of diversity, equity, and inclusion is everywhere. But back to my daughter, and so my daughter, my daughter goes to private school, and she goes she goes to Catholic school, and she goes to church on Sundays, and I'm her father. And her yes. mother is her mother. And so we have a we have an influence. Like my daughter is hearing things and being presented contrarian ideas uh, every day in school, every night at dinner and every Sunday at church. But even with that, she's still being bombarded uh, by Hollywood well, and by was- the and by the education establishment, because even Catholic schools are not immune uh, to this DEI uh, curricula uh, because states mandate it and all the rest of it. But my point is this. Uh, we did chat. My daughter and I talked for about an hour last night and, and it was almost like she had to be deprogrammed. Yes. And she had to she had to she had to reconsider her her own self. And I said, sweetheart. I said, privilege, in my mind, is when you receive something or inherit something in, 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 that you didn't uh, uh, work for. Or, yeah. and that's legitimate, that happens. Yeah. Or uh, a privilege is when someone uh, takes something uh, from someone else uh, where, uh, where they had no right to do so. And I gave her this example. And this is what struck her. I said, think of your sister. Your, uh, 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 Bridget Ann, uh, who was waitlisted at Georgetown. My, Bridget wanted to go to Georgetown. Yeah. Bridget was a uh, high honor, president, president's role, perfect GPA student at one of the most uh, prestigious uh, college prep Catholic schools in the state. Uh, her SATs were through the roof. So SAT scores, uh, extracurricular activity, her GPA, I mean, everything was wrapped up. Uh, she went on her on her alumni uh, uh, interview and she killed it. Uh, and and it turns and, and, and it turns out uh, that um, she was waitlisted. But a friend of hers uh, got in. And this friend uh, was of a uh, of a of a of a um, I don't want to say privileged, but of a, a victim race. Uh, her GPA was nowhere near my daughter's. No. And her SATs were under were were hundreds of points under my daughter's. And I said, I said, do you think it's fair that someone took Bridget's slot at Georgetown by virtue of of that person's race? And now it was personalized. And she said, well, of course not. I said, right. but you see, but you see, Georgetown, Georgetown considered Bridget privileged because her mom and dad stuck together because she went to Catholic school. Uh, and lots of other, you know, and lots of other, but ultimately it came down to she's privileged because she's white. And, and I said, yeah. yes. And, and again, but that forced her to think differently. We, we are indoctrinating 
our children it's, it's like, to think in these racial, these like, harmful like, racial well, terms. But all, and the other ones too. I mean, this is why, you know, we had, I had to have the conversation with one, one of my kids about, about the, about the, the transgender athlete issue. If you try to oh, out yeah, for the course. soccer team and, and, you know, um, I, it's interesting. I, I guess this is a perfect segue, I think, <laughs> into talking I, about. Can I just say one thing? Can I just mention one thing there? Yeah, please. Because we we had that conversation too about about trans athletes, and yeah. my daughter offered the caveat that I understand the moral issues here. However, you know, in a free culture, a free society, if someone identifies as a woman or identifies as a man and they want to participate in a sport, you know, you know what I did? I pulled up an MMA fight. Yeah. Of a uh, of a trans of woman, a, of a trans woman, an MT an MTF trans woman uh, 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 fighting against a cisgender woman, and the one where the where the where the guy where yes. they, the, the the he she beat you know beat the crap out of and him. and it was it was horrible, and my daughter was shocked, and I said yeah. that's what happens when you allow politics uh, to uh, to uh, to overtake reality, right. And, and and it it's yes that that's exactly it. And, but but I, I'm interesting because I, I want to make this segue here, and I'm not, it's not going to quite be as ham handed as I thought it was going to be, because your daughters your your daughters have all gone through Catholic school, and you just told a story about Georgetown, and right. you know the, the and again that's, was, I, I I get this anecdotal no there's no no be, no no there's no, better there's better, there's, there's the better Jesuit, proof no, there, but, but here's the problem right the, the Jesuits used to believe in meritocracy, but, right you know but the but the uh, and pure meritocracy, um but. The, there's a there's a uh, someone tweeted out about this today and it's a good jumping off point um someone tweeted out a response to a meme out there um you know when jesus wanted to feed the poor he was a christian when democrats want to feed the poor they're socialists uh, and someone brilliantly crazy. pointed out it, the democrats want to rob people to pay the poor that's that's yeah that's G- jesus this is this is what bothers me about hold about, on about about and this, using this is what gets into yeah. it. Yes, yeah. this is my point. Is that is that you know, and this gets into the the things that are being um, drilled in in Catholic school. The concept of Jesus as socialist is also part of this idea of the watering down of society. Come here, buddy. Sorry, go ahead. Bothers you, Jerry? Well, because you know we have this, we have this, um, we have this ad campaign now by the United Methodist Church. I think it is. Uh, um, uh, uh, he gets us. Yes, and it's very political. Uh, it wasn't at first. At first, it was just kind of generic. Uh, Jesus loves us no matter our circumstances or who we are, and that sort of thing, which of course is true. But then it got political when it said at Christmas time, it said Jesus was a refugee. Yes. Yeah, and I thought, and I thought to myself, not not only is this just you know bad history and and bad Bible, it's bad theology. It's right. Uh, Jesus was not a refugee. In no. fact, in fact, um, Jesus's parents never left the Roman Empire. Right. Uh, Jesus had to travel from uh, from his you know, his parents, David and uh, J- uh, Joseph Mary. and Mary, had to travel from uh, from their city to. Uh, to Jerusalem because it was mandated by the government. Uh, they weren't refugees. And then even when they uh, fled to Egypt, remember this, no one paid for them to go. Right. They did They did it on their own dollar. And then guess what happened? When the threat was was uh, was was done, they went back to their hometown. Yes. So in, in, in no way was Jesus a refugee. And again, but but but, but there, there are so many uh, 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 low thinkers 
And they're just like, yeah, Jesus was a refugee. We have to let all these migrants come in uh, from uh, from uh, from South America. Talk, talk a little bit about about, though, the 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 strange relationship between the Catholic Church or certain elements of the Catholic Church well, and socialism. Well, again, um, because there, there has they, been they, this strain for when I, yeah, probably the last eighty yeah, years. Yeah. So, so again, so so I I um I I was raised uh, in in Catholic school. I went to uh, uh, Irish Christian Brothers School and then later to a Jesuit school, university. And there is this it, it was it, there is this strain. It's called liberation theology, right? And liberation theology essentially is is baptized Marxism. That's all it is, and. Yeah. And it's um, it's bad theology, but it has a grip on the church. That's why I'm saying even even if your kids go to Catholic school, it doesn't mean they're immune to these bad ideas because all these theories, gender theory, race theory, queer theory, they're all really Marxism. Yeah, these are Marx. It's Marxism, except what they do is they replace class with race. Exactly. Or they, repl- or they replace class with gender or class with well, and, orientation. And, and, that, and, sort of and that's the, 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 the other side of this to flip it around, right? Is that, is that the, the, the true Marxists and the Marxist advocates in America, they have spent the last 40 years essentially, you know, reinventing Marxist theology. And I'm going to call it a theology Marxist sure. theology um, to replace class with race because it's and, much and, much more powerful in that regard. And, and then, and, by the way, they can turn around. They can infiltrate. Uh, they can use to infiltrate non-Catholic, or I will say, small C Catholic. Yeah, but uh, but, but, but not but not just not just the uh, the mainline Protestant churches. Um, uh, the Marxists have been very successful uh, in in also infiltrating the Vatican and and also not thank God not the Catechism. Yeah. You know, if you look at if you look at the Catholic catechism, uh, it is sound. Uh, The problem with with the Catholic Church, and I've said I've said this a million times. The problem with the Catholic Church is the is is its clergy, is its leadership. Um, Even this pope, Pope Francis, is is a is a is a leftist uh, in his his heart. God bless him. And I'm not criticizing him as a person. Uh, but he is a leftist, and and, and 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 my point to, to our yeah. listeners who have children in Catholic school, just because they're in Catholic school doesn't mean uh, you shouldn't look at what they're learning in religion class or what they're learning in history class. In class, look, I, 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 it just happened with me where my my thirteen year old came home uh, from science, and they were talking about climate change. Yeah, and I said, interesting. I said, I said, climate change. I said, do you learn about fossil fuels? Well, we do, and I said, well. Are fossil fuels bad or good? And my daughter, my thirteen-year-old, said, "Well, Dad, uh, we're we're taught that they're bad, but really they're good." And I was like, "Oh, thank God!" Yeah. <laughs> I was like, "Oh, God!" But, but but okay. But here's the question then: Do you think you know your thirteen-year-old said that because your thirteen-year-old really believes that, or do you think your thirteen-year-old said that to humor you? Because I know sometimes no, I, I think my the kids thir- will say something to me, no, I, and I, I know the, that they're just humoring. Well, here's here, conservative. Here's dad. why. Here's why I know she said it because. Uh, it wasn't to humor me because, frankly, she she never humors me. She yeah, likes to argue well, with me. But the second thing is, is that I asked her to, to explain herself. Yeah. And and she said, well, she said, look, she said, uh, there are things, there are technologies, there there are products that, that we get from fossil fuel uh, that if we didn't have fossil fuel, they would be more expensive. They'd be scarce. Right. Uh, and and I and, and I said and she said, Daddy, I, I still think fossil fuel uh, can do a lot of damage to the environment, but I but but right now 
it's doing more good than bad. And that's how you should judge it. Does it do more good or more bad? All right. So I want to ask you, I want to, I don't want to get away from this Catholic Marxism thing. Cause I, I, I know it, it leads us into this next story, which isn't Catholic Marxism, but about attacks on pro-life Catholics. Right. Um, and abuse of power. Um, but, but I, I, I do think it's important. So Pope John Paul II, JP2, the great JP2, he and I are yeah. good buddies, Jerry. Oh yeah. He, he, let me call, let me call him JP2. Well, he was, he was a great man. But he, yeah, absolutely hundred percent. And he was an ardent anti-communist because he recognized the, 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 the deep problems of communism, global communism vis-a-vis religion and faith. Right. But after John Paul II passed, there seems to have been a departure from this. Nobody remembers, or very few people remember, or nobody in power remembers the 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 horrors of of communism or the understanding that if they did implement this Marxist theory around the world, you know, Catholic churches would be or Christian churches would be shut well, down. What happened? Persecuted. What what happened after after his papacy? What what came to light? Oh, was scandals. Was, was the scandals? Yeah, and so the Catholic Church, unfortunately, let, 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 let me do a side note here in Catholicism, please. Um, the Catholic Church, unfortunately, lost all moral credibility when it turned out that they were engaged in um, uh, in, in massive sexual and physical abuse of of uh, of young people. Uh, folks wrongly say it was uh, it was pedophilia. These were pedophiles. It, it wasn't. This was a scandal. This was this was a scandal. This was a sexual uh, scandal. It was a, a, a predominantly a homosexual scandal. No. But see, no one wants no one wants to talk about that because we can't because because uh, because homosexuals are a privileged class now. Yeah. They are a they are a favored class. But if you look at the sexual scandals in the Catholic Church, these were not uh, uh, priests abusing little children. Uh, these were priests abusing young boys mostly young boys 13 yes. 14 15 and so this was this was a this was a different scandal even that it was described to us but that being said um a scandal nonetheless and it wasn't just a sexual scandal there was physical abuse my father uh, was at a orphanage in new york uh, st anthony's uh, that was infamous you could go google it uh, for the abuse of uh, physical abuse I my am, father yeah was Jerry, physically we are, abused we are starting to watch the the taylor sheridan series 1923 the harrison ford helen yeah. mirren bridge series between yeah, yeah. 1888 and uh yellowstone and we almost can't watch it because there is a subplot of catholic priests and nuns abusing indians on a reservation native yeah. americans on a reservation but, and, and again this was very real but but let me just make this point please it goes because it goes into our our larger point uh, with these Catholic abuse. Uh, uh, it was it was systemic, but it was the powerful over the powerless. It was yes. the elite. It was the elite uh. over the working class. And so there is still this this idea of of the elite versus the working class. But but let me tell you this. So how has this how has this um, uh, presented itself today? Well, uh, in Ireland what was once the most catholic country in the world uh today they have uh, they have legitimized uh and made legal uh, same-sex marriage uh they have legitimized and made legal abortion and many people say it's because of the waning uh, uh religion religiosity of ireland it's not it's actually a protest against the catholic hierarchy sure and people don't understand that there are pro-lifers in ireland 
who voted to legalize abortion, not because they believe abortion is right, but because they think the Catholic Church is wrong. Yes. You see what I'm saying? Sure. And that to your point though, why you know, why did the Catholic Church in the in the 80, you know, at post 80s, why did they lose their voice uh against Marxism? It's because of these scandals. Uh and and also what's worse is how they mishandled the scandals. The Catholic right. Church has a long way uh, to go uh to rebuild credibility credibility and, and I think the focus there I have to say this is that uh, we have to get back to uh, uh, less worrying about the hierarchy and the cardinals, and worry about the the, the good business and the justice, the little platoons of 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 the parishes. And, and focus so I think, on yeah. and focus on on standing up for what's right in yeah. in the world, and and that gets us into this other story yeah. that that we just we got yesterday. This uh, um, uh, activist, you know, it was a horrifying story. I know we covered it on on this show. I know I've covered it on the radio. I know you've covered it on the radio. Um, but we talk about to bring it back together and we talk about privilege, right? right privilege. Yep. We talk about abuse of power, a gentleman who by all in accounts should have been part of this privilege class, a, 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 a an aging, you know, upper middle-aged white male in America, a religious conservative, um, uh, but an activist. So he had been for years, had been a, a pro-life protester protesting outside of abortion clinics um and he um well he how he would describe himself and i think uh, the pro-lifers would describe what he does is sidewalk ministry okay that's fine it's not, it's not so much protesting but ministry it's it's sometimes it's silent prayer uh, other times it's just to, to be present in case and, in and case i'm not going to yeah. be dismissive of that that's important yeah. and more to the point he would bring his son his young son with him to witness yeah. is sidewalk ministry and how you right. go about doing these things, how yeah. you how you go about persuading uh, folks who need to be persuadive or who should be persuaded or who could be persuaded. And at, at, at various points in time, he would be confronted by a pro-abortion activist who was protesting his sidewalk ministry. Am I following this properly, Jerry? Yeah, yeah. And, and at one point, this much older gentleman um, he decided that rather than make, and I think the gentleman's name is Mark Halk, rather than make Mark Halk the target, he would make his 10, 11, 12-year-old son the target of his counter-protesting. And he right. was getting in the kid's face, and it, like any father would do, he stepped in to protect his son on, yeah. against a perceived threat from this individual, pushed the guy away. He, sh he shoved him out now for, you know, for all clarity and, 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 and transparency, he shoved him and the pro-abortion activist fell, fell to the ground. Right. Okay. But that, yes. yes. But the point is he was doing so to protect his son because he perceived yes. a threat to a son. Um, Correct. What any of us would, would do in the face of this. So uh, the, 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 <laughs> I would have done more than that, by the way, I would assure you, I would have, I would have, yes, I, I would have, would once yeah. the guy filed charges against <laughs> you, what you would say to him is, Hey, two o'clock tomorrow, I'm going to burn your house down. <laughs> I understand that. So the, the point is that, that this guy tries filing charges in Philadelphia of all places, uh, against right. Mark Houck. Um, the charges are not brought or the, they're dropped. The, the, the case never goes to trial. But then the United States Department of Justice, I, I mean, you talk about an ironically named entity in this yeah. instance, they decide they're going to pursue federal charges against Mark Houck 
They show up. How many agents do they have at his house, Jerry? Oh, they had uh, dozens of agents. I think they, the number a, was thirty. A SWAT team to yeah. arrest this guy uh, with with weapons drawn. Yeah, and at, and the, at seven a.m. Right? in the morning. Yes. While while this man, uh, his family, his wife, his young children yes. are having breakfast. Yes. They show up to manhandle this guy and and arrest. And the, and again, just for clarity, transparency, um, the the family had received notice that the DOJ was considering uh, the charges. Very important. And his lawyer said, well, we will turn ourselves in. Right. So the DOJ, the FBI, these officers who showed up knew that this person was willing to turn himself in, yet they still showed up. Now, why else does the, does the government show up in force weapons drawn? Right, it, it, because they want to. They want to send a message, and it exactly gets to two right. things. By the way, God forbid that Mark Howe could put anything up that would be perceived as resistance, right? Because because then you know you would have had a situation. You could have had a situation in which you know he was physically harmed by this, and and you know it is you know we we understand from talking to folks, it is a traumatic experience, regardless of what happens in the end. It is a traumatic experience for everybody involved. Uh, Mark Halk, his family, et cetera, to, to, to watch this go down. And it can be termed as nothing other than an abuse of power on the, of the, the administration. And right. He's not the only one either. Um, now this, no, there, 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 there've been, there've been a dozen uh, other you. cases where, uh, where the DOJ has decided to come in uh, and arrest uh, peaceful protesters, peaceful prayer protesters, Again, these these pro-life activists aren't barricading. They are not shouting. They are not uh, demonstrating in a way that that you would think a protester would protest. Right. Uh, they are they are literally praying on a sidewalk. Right. Sometimes just silently. And, and uh, here's the, here's the fascinating thing to me, right? Because the the federal law, like one of the federal laws under which these folks are being charged, is this is this idea that you cannot quote block. Or restrict access to an abortion clinic. What is it? Face. What does it stand for? Well, I don't remember what it stands for. The the, the right. point. But my 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 point is this, right? And remember the on balance of individual rights. The way it works in any kind of an inquiry. The way the law is supposed to work is the party that is the most aggrieved is the party that the law is supposed to weigh down on the side of. Um, and, and so you have a, a right uh, uh, under the First Amendment, a right to freedom of religion, a right to freedom of expression where you can stand in protest in front of, you should, in any, in any case, in front of an abortion clinic. Um, and, and that is now, you are, you are, I think on balance, you are not, you are not overly violating the person's rights who is trying to seek an abortion. Set no, that aside. That's an inquiry. But, but however, let's, let, let, for, just to add to that, I would oppose if someone was literally blockading entrance to a, uh, to a, to a, a abortion clinic, they should they should they should have to face the consequences of that. And now, I, maybe it's worth it. Like Martin Luther King Jr. Buy that. would would break the law to show the law was immoral. And, and, yes, and but he was willing to face jail time and prison time. And my point is yeah. that the same token should be applied to all yes. of these other yahoos who get out there and block a highway or a major right. thoroughfare in a city. Right. That, you know, that, that, that you, your your right to kill your baby it does not trump my right to get you know to the hospital now now just know. so you know the these these current cases 
are not instances no. of pro-lifers blockading. Well, there is the a, allegation the against at least one of them in which there's an allegation of blocking an entrance. But 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 my 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 point in all of this is, you know, the, you you get well, down Andrew, to all, all, all these cases. There's a there's there's an accusation of blocking the of blocking the the okay the uh, the the uh, the clinic. I'm saying that that by standing on a on a street corner or in front of a clinic peacefully praying or talking to those who are coming in and out is not the same as a blockade. And I don't want to I don't want to confuse the issue by sort of going down a uh, going down the rabbit hole of each individual case. My my sure. point is it gets back to what we've been talking about in terms of consistency, and that you know the point is. The, the right to choose, so-called, the right to choose is not a is not a superior right than my right to get from point A to point B without having my path for whatever reason, right? If right. I want to, most importantly, obviously, if I'm trying to get from work to <laughs> Andrew, what if kids, I'm on an interstate and I'm in the car going, going what if, what if there are uh, climate change uh, alarmist uh, protesting and blocking a highway and I'm in my car uh, on my way to get an abortion. <laughs> I love what it, happened, right? I love it. I love it. You know something? Oh, I kind of wish that we had a test case for that. <laughs> I approve. I, 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 but right. In, but in the hierarchy, I would suspect that in the hierarchy of progressive rules, the climate. Um, actually, I'm not so sure, Jerry. You know, if if you truly believe that le- that progressivism is a death cult. Um, I don't know how they would weigh down on this. I am, I am. That's that's an interesting idea. You're doing, uh, you're doing the progressive God's work by killing your baby, <laughs> as it were. <laughs> well, I get that's all, that. The, 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 this how the left feels about the environment and their anti-human uh, 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 ideas around it. We've talked about this before, right? Uh, um, the left uh, doesn't want fusion. Doesn't want uh, mining doesn't want fossil fuel. They don't want, want babies being born. Yeah, they don't want. Yeah, it really is a depopulation anti-human right. movement. Yes, and and uh, yes, yes, I know. I'm sorry if I made you uncomfortable with my statement there. I was no, taking sorry. my cues from you, Jerry. Just you know, trying to mix it up a little bit. <laughs> but my 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 point my point in the end is, um, and I appreciate your hypothetical here. Uh, you know that that we have to have consistency in that regard. That you know people's right to travel. Uh, to write to go from point A to point B uh, should not be held to a different standard. If you know, if if you know, if you're going because you're going out for a burger, right. or if you're going to the hospital, or if you're going to an abortion clinic. I mean, you know, it 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 is it is what it is. And and the coda to all of this is, thank God, and I do. We have to thank God for this. Yeah. Mark Halk was acquitted yesterday, right? And, and again, when you called anyone. when you called me to tell me this, yeah. I was shocked. Because I was expecting this to drag on, yeah. Uh, but it's it seems in this instance, uh, justice was served swiftly. Yeah, you mean you mean unlike in the uh, the Marilyn Mosby case, which seems yeah, to drag goodness. on for for forever and ever and ever and ever. I'm actually um, somewhat sympathetic. I know to you her, are. You know, and not 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 her prosecuting style, not her progressive politics, but I mean. You know, she essentially filled out some paperwork incorrectly, it? got access to her own yeah. money, and Jerry's and, been and they're literally making a federal case out of it. Well, I Jerry, mean, and Jerry's been consistent about this, but setting it all aside, the idea that Marilyn Mosby is pleading indigency is fascinating to me, especially since she's made uh, millions of dollars as the uh, state's 
uh, a state's uh, attorney in Baltimore City. Remember last right. year, her salary was a quarter a quarter million dollars. And, and one wonders where that money, where all of that. And, but let's not forget the fact that also her husband is making a nice chunk of change as president of the Baltimore City sure. Council. Yeah, yeah. Uh, yes. So you know, it, it's not as though I mean, it really is. Listen, maybe that's maybe now we're getting down to the issue of privilege and financial management. I don't know. I don't. I don't know. I, I think that this uh, the the uh, the um, the public defender has got to be, you know, laughing with no small amount of irony that he is now. I mean, there's a there's I, I was going to say either a sitcom or a Taylor Sheridan, you know, series in all of this where you have the the public defender now having to defend an indigent uh, uh, prosecuting right. attorney, former state's attorney in all of this. I mean, that's just that is just uh, uh, craziness in, in the end. Um, the point the point of all of this, folks, is that abuse of power happens. And and the only thing that can curtail abuse of power is to limit that power. And then this is something that, you know, sorry, and, go ahead, also, and also uh, to have unrestrained free speech. Well, yes. And I think it's very interesting how the left uh, wants to stifle speech and and they favor censorship. One of the one of the tenets of, of these uh, of race theory, queer theory, equity theory. Uh, is uh, that the idea of free speech uh, is 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 an example, or it's a uh, it is a remnant of white supremacy? Sure, yes. You know, so yeah. they 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 in a very real way they want to remake society. Well, right, Jerry. I mean, listen, this gets down to again coming back to what the Soviets tried to do throughout their history in terms of undermining American society and other Western democratic republics by tearing at the thread of the institutions that make us great, right? Among them being the idea of, of free speech and freedom of the press. Um, but, you, you know, what you do is, one of the ways you do it is by, if you can't sully the institutions themselves, then you sully the people who created those institutions. And uh, because because James Madison is evil, and because Thomas Jefferson is evil, therefore, um, uh, therefore, free speech, freedom of the press, the Bill of Rights, the Constitution itself right. is an evil document. And 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 if you notice that they're not just going after Jefferson, Madison, Washington, they're also going after uh, Lincoln, right? Uh, and 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 re redefining and revisiting history. It's interesting. Um, Reason uh, Reason Magazine. Uh, the libertarian magazine. And again, you know, I'm critical of reason more yes. often than not. Uh, they have a really interesting piece today talking about how this Hulu series, uh, 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 the 1619 project docu series, really is just a flawed, false history. Isn't and, it uh, amazing again, how 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 reason is back to doing good things again now that Donald Trump is no longer president? <laughs> I, I, I said this yesterday. I mean, it's like, Anyway, I'm sorry, but, but, but yeah. let me just point out because again, just bring us back to where we started. Uh, the, the, the there's a great irony here in terms of privilege, uh, because if you look at those who are pushing this idea of white privilege of privilege, uh, it's mostly very privileged people, 100%. wealthy, wealthy, indiv wealthy individuals, sons of bankers, yep. uh, daughters of of industrialists. These these are the elites, uh, and and again. Uh, what they're trying to do is take away from our culture the very things that offer stability, 
like the rule of law, uh, like um, uh, like free speech, like individualism, like entrepreneurialism and free enterprise. They want to take these things away, transform them. Right. Uh, and again, why? Because they're insulated from the harmful effects. And really, it's this idea, this false, their false idea of privilege uh, is really an attack on the working class. Right. That's that 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 that's exactly. You know, listen. The idea listen, comes down to you know you have the you have the abstract right. The AP, the Associated Press, saying you can no longer use the word the oh when referring goodness. to a specific. You no, know, I, I didn't even people. follow that. You're the one who who clued yeah. me into it. But again, this ridiculous idea that uh, that you can't refer to a people group uh, with the uh, with the uh, the phrase the French, yes. the Irish. Uh, the yeah. poor right yes the, the, yes it's it, 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 it just it's it's great and they wind up having to pull it back but my point is at the at the one end you have that at the other which is an attack on which is an attack on language and thought at the other end you have the idea that we're going to make working class americans pay for the college choices of elite americans and and no one sees the yeah. no one sees the, or, the, or, the grand irony or, in all of this or yes. andrew uh, again, what 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 was just a decade ago considered the fringe, this idea of reparations. Yeah, I mean, this is now mainstream, where you have politicians and city councils and and leaders and and, and actually debating this issue. And I, I think about the the the, the very uh, idea of justice and fairness. Uh, how is it how is it fair, right, just uh, to have the the uh, the children of immigrants? In the year 2023, uh, pay reparations uh, to those who never experienced any of the hardships of Jim Crow, any right. of the hardships of of slavery. But, see, but uh, that's 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 the whole kind of Hegelian dialectic. Well, it know, goes to redistribution, dialectic. right? Yes, the exactly. whole the whole race theory, queer theory, gender theory, equity theory uh, at, at its very heart, Marxism is redistribution. Right. And it gets, yes, that, that's exactly it. It gets down to you create the victim, you create right. the have-nots, you create the situation in that way. You know, it's interesting, Jerry, but before we go, because you're, I'm no longer doing radio on a regular basis in Baltimore. You are. Um, Baltimore was tapped with receiving, what was it, $600 million, 600 plus million dollars. Oh, of the, uh, of COVID relief. Of, of COVID relief money. Has that, uh, has that, have you seen any indication well, that that money no, has been spent anywhere well, in Baltimore? Well, uh, here, the answer is no. Yeah. And God forbid the political establishment, the mayor's office, city council, the city council president, others would have offered up any transparency. Right. Uh, recently, right, Mayor Brandon Scott made a big deal about putting investing. I love that term. Uh, uh, Ninety million dollars into dealing with Baltimore's homelessness problem homeless problem uh the problem is is that well we don't know where the money went where it's going who's spending it who's overseeing it uh is there an audit of it and that's 90 million of the 600 million and this and, and but but remember this yeah already baltimore city spends 62 million dollars on homelessness right so and, and, why are we adding 90 million dollars to and, it and let me let me so let me let me tie these two things together because you know this is there there are two things that happen when government grows beyond our ability to control it or watch it carefully, right? You have A, the abuse of power. The, the more laws that are on the books, the more powers the government has, the more those things can get abused. 
Then the other part of this is the larger government is the more ability it has to pick winners and losers in the yes. marketplace under the guise of investment, right. the more of the ability they have to steal cash from group of people A and hand it to their cronies and B. That's where government corruption comes in, right? This is why when, when guys like me and Jerry are talking about the size of government and limited government, it's not just about individual rights, and it is about individual rights and the freedom to do things, but it really is about protecting people from from having those rights abused whether or not it's their pocketbooks or their again their ability to, to do stuff and again back, back yeah. to our original conversation this really is the government elites the political class the the elites the the true privileged um picking winners and losers and right. deciding you get this you can't get that you're closed down you're opened up this is this is again uh, uh it's it's almost like we need in the matrix, we need the red pill. <laughs> well, you know, I mean, we that's need, the concept of we red pill. We need pillar, to right? open I mean, up to yeah. see the matrix of, of what's happening. Uh, and um and and this idea of privilege, I hope I hope we stick to it, maybe do a series of conversations on it, uh, because uh, at the end of the day, th there are solutions. Like we, we we laid out an hour's worth, an hour and 15 minutes yeah. or so of the problem. But let me just give you a, a short idea of how you fix the problem. So um, in Shrink about the size of government, well, yeah, well, of course, but how do you do that? Right. Yeah. Uh, you, uh, we have a failed public school system in, in this yeah. nation. Uh, uh, there are exceptions that prove that rule, uh, but the public school system is now indoctrination. They teach kids how to think, not, 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 not how to think, uh, what to think, not how to think. Uh, it's, it's, it's very dangerous. How, however, there's an answer there, right? There are, I think now 20 States uh, uh, that are uh, seriously, uh, uh, looking at education reform and, and and kind of whole system reform. Two states in particular, I think Arizona is one and there's a, yeah. a second, uh, where now they're funding students, not funding systems. Yeah. And my point is, is that uh, if we want to get, we, we have lost, it's the truth. I mean, there are exceptions that prove the rule, but broadly speaking, we've lost two generations of Americans. Mm -hmm. Reagan famously said, "You lose one generation, uh, liberties in, in in jeopardy." Right. We've lost two. We, we, we've lost two generations that have been indoctrinated uh, uh, by the public school system, by the uh, and by the uh, university system, by the corporate system. Uh, however, uh, if we want to break this, uh, we need to uh, empower families to have educational choice. Yeah. Uh, have education savings accounts. Uh, fund the student, not the system. Uh, and I think I think what we'll uh, we'll begin to see a turnaround uh, when we begin to uh, encourage young people not what to think, but to actually think right. and think yeah. for themselves. I think that's 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 I think you're absolutely absolutely correct. And we're gonna, by the way, um, before we close, we we may be Jerry and I have continued to talk about this show. Last week's show was you know and I'm, I'm going to say this week's show as well both indications we think of of you know returning to what this the show was originally supposed to be but also we're thinking about where this show is going in the future we are almost at 52 episodes and we've been doing this for just over a year so just stay tuned for some changes that are that are coming on this as as jerry and i jerry came up with a really interesting idea last week and then i i, I appreciate it uh, uh greatly so thank you thank you all by the way i never say this i'm going to say it uh, please leave a review. Tell your friends about what we're up to here. Share us on social media. I know a lot of you do uh, already. So we 
we thank you very much for that, Jerry. You were on, um, you were on yesterday on WBAL. Yeah, so on, w, on WBAL uh, on on January thirtieth, I'll be on again on February second. Groundhog Day. Yeah, is that? And then um, uh, my Sunday show. Uh, I will not. I will. Someone will be sitting in. Uh, the chair, the the Jerry Rogers uh, chair oh. for for this week's Sunday show. So you are taking Sunday off. I'm taking Sunday off because it's uh, the wedding anniversary. My wife and I are going to uh, celebrate our wedding Mazel anniversary. Yeah, and again, That's just good. again, full circle back. Um, uh, for those who work at their marriages, uh, yes, there's romance and yes, there's love and all kinds of of beautiful things, but it's also uh, deciding to be selfless. It's also putting the other person first. And in a culture that is me first, I think those who get married, stay married, ought to be applauded. You know, Jerry, you know the uh, the secret to uh, staying together in a marriage? <laughs> what is it? Good. Not getting divorced. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> I just... I, let, let me say this, uh, which is very interesting. I, I, I'm, I'm going to go blue for a second. Hello. So you, oh no. Oh please. Knows, I'm going to no, get cringy. I, I'm, I'm an editor, right? Real, I'm the editor of Real Clear Policy, red, editor of Real Clear Health. Uh, I've been seeing lots of health data, lots of uh, uh, studies uh, that <laughs> I'm going to say it that um, uh, that uh, for men's health, for men to live longer lives, uh, healthier lives, uh, they have. Should I say this? Don't. I mean, listen. I think you should do it, but I think you should refer to the uh, the the prosecutor uh, from Baltimore. Ivan Bates. <laughs> no, yeah, but uh, yeah. Well, yes, yes. <laughs> He's a anyway, master of his craft. You get my Jerry. point. Um, uh, uh, physical be the, inti- be the Ivan physical Bates intimacy in, in marriage is good for the marriage, but also yes. good for for health. For there's yes. health, we, listen, there's we health all know benefits. We all know. Well. Listen, we also know the. We all know the. <laughs> I, the I think I'm blushing. The heart health. The heart health benefits, as well as the prostate health benefits, regular activity. <laughs> um, so 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 yes. Um, you know, oh, you get it all here, folks. You get abs- it all. Absolutely. Jerry, well, listen, um, because, I will, because I won't, I'll talk to you before that, but happy right. anniversary to you. Thank you very America. much. That is wonderful news. Um, I, uh, Jerry, what do you want people to do? Find the truth, uh, plant your feet, uh, stand firm. God bless and you. Please, everybody, have a great week. Uh, have fun and stay safe.